Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. Digital health applications or generally digitalization in healthcare in Germany is obviously a very broad kind of spectrum. I think in 2020, healthcare decision makers have just implemented the so-called DIGA pathway. DIGA is basically the short abbreviation for Digitale Gesundheitsanwendungen, which is then the DIGA. And for that, the decision makers have implemented a new pathway in order to get into the kind of system, into the regular care reimbursement as well, given two different kind of core components. First component is quite clearly that companies would need to apply to be included in the so-called BFARM registry. That is, first of all, the kind of registrational body, which is taking care that all of the IT security, IT kind of requirements are fulfilled, plus the kind of fulfillment in order to have a patient benefit. And for that patient benefit, you have basically then also two different directions. One is that you have already a full kind of evidence package, which means that your evidence base, what you have, should normally be a randomized controlled trial within the German-speaking market, so ideally in Germany, but also Switzerland and Austria uh, is basically accepted. That's what we have seen so far. Or that you basically have a kind of hint that there's a patient benefit and that you have then as well already a clear kind of evidence plan how to create that evidence within the first 12 months after you are included preliminary in the BFARM registry. Once the companies, better said, the DIGAs are included in the BFARM registries, those DIGAs can be used, prescribed by physicians, used by patients and need to be paid for by the health insurances. Once the whole kind of DIGA is then included in the permanent, or let's say permanently in the DIGA registry, um, there are then the price negotiations, which are then happening between the health insurance funds, the head association there, similar to the AMNOC process for drugs and the companies. There are now a couple of opinions, I think also how this process would really work. I think some, especially from the health insurance side, think ah, prices are still too high. The bay farm is maybe not strict enough. Uh, others, for example, some in the, in the industry think ah, works quite well. It's a fast kind of process. But also other opinions, for example, also out of the industry just think ah, it's still too complicated. So let's just see and listen what two core experts and stakeholders within the GEM system think about it. One is Anne Geier. She's the head of one of the core associations, the Spitzverband der Digitalen Gesundheitsversorgung in Germany. So she will report back what she has also heard and learned from her members in the first year of DIGA. And then secondly, we have also Professor Dr. David Matusiewicz. He is a key 
expert and leader as well, key opinion leader in terms of digital health and digital health transformation in Germany. He's also the Dean and Institute Director of the FOM Hochschule in Germany. So let's just see and listen what they think about the first year of DIGAS and where Germany might go in terms of digital healthcare. Okay, welcome, Anne. Thank you also for joining our podcast on Market Access. This time, one year DIGA, and I think we can directly jump into the first kind of, uh, let's say, question where I also think would be probably really the interesting kind of insights from an association's perspective. What is your takeaway from one year DIGA from an association's perspective? Yeah, first, uh, thanks for having me. Um, yes, so to my mind, uh, we are still at a dividing point in Germany. So strong concerns about privacy have long hampered efforts to digitize um, healthcare. Um, but we have the chance uh, to become a pioneer, which we are actually um, with the digital health applications. So after one year, I can say um, DIGA are part of the daily reimbursement routine. But is it still at its full uh, um, potential? No. <laughs> so I think we um, still need to inform doctors and psychotherapists um, about this new type of therapeutics. And we also need to establish, uh, establish some more important elements to make the whole process for patients and doctors um, easier. For example, um, such as the electronic prescriptions. So, um, uh, for example, information-wise, um, as an association, we have built up a platform for CME-certified um, uh, classes for um, doctors and psychotherapists, and there they can inform themselves about the whole reimbursement process, um, so everything that's connected uh, to DIGA. So, yeah, in, in general, I can say I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that we have uh, DIGA now for one year um, in, in the yeah, routine um, healthcare system. Um, but there's more to do from my perspective. Yeah, I think that's obviously a very important point. And maybe um, just another kind of question, because you mentioned the physicians. I, I can obviously foresee that, especially the companies in and around the associations, but also I think generally in Europe, I think see the reimbursement let's say process with the DGATS obviously as a kind of core benefit. And I would fully agree with what you said as well beforehand. Do you see that physicians are also ready to also prescribe DIGAS. And we have now already a couple of DIGAS on the market, and I think it is already a good success, but are they also ready to really use it? Um, yes, so I think it's that's a very general question. So some are, some are not. So this is like with every um, kind of still new process, and this is new for uh, for a healthcare system that exists for such a long time. One year is not not a long time frame. So as I said, um, in our um, webinars, we actually see um, a lot um, more physicians, um, uh, yeah, listening and coming to the webinars and being interested. So we would definitely see like a curve an increase curve of interest. Um, have we reached everybody out there? I think this is also unrealistic, right? So um, I think we are on a good way. And um, all physicians, at least that uh, we have spoken in our webinars, they are well prepared um, to prescribe a DIGA. Okay, that's uh, also good insights. Moving a bit further, um, what are the benefits of the DIGA process? I mean, if you could quickly maybe uh, describe it, uh, but also obviously just uh, probably focus a bit on the benefits from your perspective. And also maybe, especially maybe in the areas where you don't see a bigger of a benefit or maybe still some kind of hurdles. I think you also mentioned that there's still some things to be changed or let's say a kind of, uh, let's say, movement to go. Where do you still see improvement 
in that kind of process? Yes. So, um, I mean, at first I want to mention that the procedure itself um, designed as a fast track process. Uh, so, which means that within a three month period, the bee farm assesses the digger and decides about the listing in the directory is a big chance um, because that means um, you can plan ahead as a company and you know your time schedule better than you did in the past where it was really hard to get reimbursed in the stagiary health insurance at all, actually. So, but it's it's a challenge. So um, the assessment includes 120 criteria that have to be fulfilled, um, such as information about product qualities, data protection, um, user friendliness, and the examination of the evidence of the positive um, healthcare effect. And there we have learned that this is a, um, a challenging part of the, of the BFAM process. And, and when I think of terms in terms of improvement, um, we have already some new rules coming into practice with the new uh, law from um, uh, the BMG, from Jens Spahn, the uh, default PMG. <laughs> and uh, for example, there are new rules about data security. So my advice would be to specifically um, regarding the, the BFAM um, fast track, let's give this process a little bit um, more time and not start to change the next thing again. Um, because more importantly for the manufacturers is the point that they know exactly what to do after meeting with the Bay Farm, um, that they have con uh, continuity in the decisions of the Bay Farm, because this creates trust and um, you can plan accordingly. So I would say, okay, the whole process um, is good <laughs> how we have it. So let's stick to it a little bit and, and see where it brings us and, and be, yeah. And look that the rules that we have established are actually, um, yeah, followed by everybody. Yeah, I think that's, that's, I think a good point. I think a learning process and the learning kind of system is good, but I would agree. I think maybe it's best as well to have already, let's say, establishing at least some of the processes before changing. I would agree. I think that's a, that's also a good point. I mean, we're still obviously, let's say, waiting for the frame for the price negotiation, right? Which is still not yet 100%, let's say, agreed on, but they, um, maybe besides that, I mean, when I have spoken also with different let's say, persons from German payer organization from the Institute Health Insurance Funds, some might even be a bit provocative and just argue that DIGAS might just be a hype and will be gone in a few years' time. How do you see that? Um, I think that this will uh, won't be the case um, because DIGA have some big advantages. They can be used anytime, anywhere. And this flexibility is something that not only young people appreciate, um, and especially because doctors and patients have um, proved more open to trying digital healthcare um, products and services during um, the um, pandemic that we um, still have. So um, DIGA have some other big plus. They have a very high standard of data protection. And once patients are aware of this, I think they will trust their DIGA um, more than any other not regulated um, app, for example. So actually, I'm very positive that DIGA will stay in our healthcare system. Yeah, I would also agree with that. <laughs> it's just more obviously uh, getting a bit of the provocation, which we might also face. And maybe this is also a bit more going to the direction of I think what some um, health insurance uh, companies have already argue also in the public domain, right? That the prices are, at least from their perspective, seem to be too high. Um, but let's just see. I think this is probably as well the kind of process um, to go. Um, you have probably as well a couple of startup companies within the association. 
Um, if if you would be able to directly speak, uh, let's say, to a startup company, maybe outside of Germany, which are the kind of three core items you would maybe recommend what they should do in order to be successful in Germany? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, for one, I would say know your value story well in advance and uh, plan your evidence generation accordingly, because this will help you then in the whole process um, uh, of BFARM and the negotiations with the statutory health insurance funds. And then I would say, secondly, um, information of doctors is key but not easy. So um, that's what we have heard um, from all companies in our association. So then um, think in advance and try to find your ways, um, which distribution channels um, you can and, and, and will use and be probably also innovative there. Um, and third, I think um, the exchange of knowledge with other companies um, is crucial. So we have learned in, um, in all our groups and channels, we work with uh, Slack at the association, that it is really helpful to get the right information fast and um, chat with others about their experience. Um, yeah, so th these would be my three advices, um, what to do um, to be successful in the German market. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice. I think especially maybe the last one, I think exchange of, let's say, ideas, recommendations, learnings, etc. I think which which might be really, I think, uh, helpful. And that might be maybe also the difference to, let's say, established pharma companies, I would guess. <laughs> Yes. Um, maybe um, go a bit further international maybe as well. Have you been approached as well from other, let's say, countries or maybe association from other countries in order to learn as well what Germany has been implemented now in the last, yeah, one year? Um, um, yes, yeah. So there are, um, for example, um, conferences organized by other uh, countries um, and they are interested in our learnings from the DIGA process. For one, um, I've also spoken with uh, companies that are not um, uh, based in, in Germany, but want to come to the German market. Um, and yeah, so I think there is a big interest in, in this new process. Um, And um, yeah, we are very open as, as uh, our association to to inform everybody about about the process, about what we've learned so far. So yeah, I can definitely say there there's exchange also in, in other um, uh, countries. That's perfect. Very good, Anna. Thank you very much for your time. Looking forward to the next discussions. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, very good. Thank you, Professor Matusiewicz, uh, for accepting also discussing today about digitalization of healthcare or the healthcare system in Germany. I think in general, I mean, you're very active, obviously, in the whole discussions in terms of digitalization of the German healthcare system. What would be your kind of rating? Also, maybe when you take into account maybe the differences between the outpatient and the inpatient setting. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, if you see the value chain in the inpatient and outpatient Uh, stay of the patients. Um, there are differences on the one hand, but on the other hand, there are some quite similarities. So in both systems, we have the digitalization, of course, but in both systems, we have a lot to do. So theoretically or political, there are a lot of uh, nice things which will happen in the next years uh, during the legacy. But if you go to the doctor, every time I go to the doctor or to the hospital even, I see how big the lag between the theory and the practical use is in the 
yeah, in the field of the outpatient and inpatient stay. So there's a lot to do. And if you remember the Bertelsmann study two years ago, that we were at the end of the chain, uh, end of the 16 countries which were compared. But today we are in Germany, one of the first um, countries worldwide who have an app description which you can get by your um, outpatient stay. So we are on the good way, I think. Yeah, I think you're summarizing that probably already quite good. I'm also pretty much impressed when I go to the doctor and still see the fax machines there. <laughs> But <laughs> keeping that maybe aside, I think you have already um, brought up a, a good kind of an important kind of, I think, new process. I think the DIGA process, I think what you just mentioned, the digital health application process was implemented roughly a year ago. What is your impression on that? What is your opinion on it? Yeah. It's the same topic. So um, I think it's a very important and um, a very nice process. So you get your app via smartphone at your doctor. But if I ask a doctor outside, do you know the DIGAS, the digital applications? Do you ever prescribe one? There's often the answer, no, sorry. Uh, I heard about it, I read about it, but I don't use it. And I ask as a health economist, why is it that way? So... Um, I think the, the, the doctors must, must get more money for it and we must implement that in the, in, the, um, in the supply chain. So there's a lot to do, but it's very important to me that there's an experiment, experimental field so the startups can use their application for one year and then collect data to get later the proof via study for the health insurance companies. So I think the system is quite good, but there's a lot to do in the communication, in the marketing. And um, I think the people as customers will do it uh, also by their way when they, their demand goes to the doctor and they want this app better than the pill. Yeah, I think that's that's a very good point. I think you also already mentioned incentives. I mean, monetary incentives, I think, for physicians are probably also one important um, component or to maybe also, let's say, fasten or let's say put the kind of digitalization uh, gears even up there. I mean, um, when I think about the whole kind of digitalization, I always need to think about generally change management. Would you think there's maybe as well something beyond maybe even the monetary incentives for physicians, because I, I believe and I, I fully agree with you that I think um, the kind of obviously the doorway through the physicians and that kind of skepticism is it's probably as well one of the core, maybe still breaks in the whole system. Yeah, as a health economist, it's always the, the money uh, question. So um, when the money is good enough for the physician, so the compensation they get from the health insurance company must be, very uh, nice for them so they use their behavior otherwise they will use the fax the next years when they get more money for the fax like for the email it's very easy on the one hand on the other hand it's very complicated but i think beside the the compensation uh, topic um, the young doctors um, we have a lot of young motivated people out there uh, they learn about digital health in their study And when they finish their study, I think it's a new generation of uh, physicians out there. And they will use, of course, these applications because it's very fast. They can track the process. The compliance is maybe bigger because they can also uh, look inside if the people use it or not. Today, we don't know if they use their pills or they 
they interrupt their the therapy. So I think the there's a generation topic on the one hand and on the other hand a compensation topic. Yeah, I think very well said. I think maybe um, changing a bit the gears, I think we have now spoken, I think, a bit on the outpatient setting. I mean, the DIGA process, prescriptions, etc. I mean, if we move into the hospital setting, I mean, just a couple of uh, weeks ago, basically, the so-called Hospital Future Act was as well uh, putting into place um, from your perspective, just generally, before we come maybe whether this could help in terms of digitalization, what are the core benefits and drawbacks of that kind of act from your perspective? Yeah, it's very important. Um, the so-called Krankenhaus Zukunftsfonds, there are three billion uh, euro inside and a lot of uh, money for IT security. Um, it's on the one hand, it's a very important act. On the other hand, I, I ask myself if the hospitals will really use the money. Um, um, I think it's hard for them because on the one hand, they ca cannot call the money because they have not so much uh, people uh, working in the hospitals who have time to, to write uh, to write the paper to, to get the money. And on the other hand, I ask uh, some managers of hospitals and they, are, they tell me that it's also very important because they get money now from the government, but they must pay the processes after the Krankenhaus Zukunftsfonds and uh, later on, and they don't have the money to, to continue the process. So it's now uh, like, a, yeah, like a small uh, money um, Uh, they get today, but tomorrow it's it's important that the uh, money will, will continue and that's very hard for them. But on the other hand, we have some interesting proje proje projects and I think there are 11 um, uh, tasks in the in this context. So you have the B2C level about um, how to get an appointment, the, the, the therapy, the medication, the telemedicine. You have the system uh, system level. So you get um, diagnostics and therapy and uh, after the hospital and uh, the digital pills and so on. You have data governance topic where you talk about data uh, repository or um, clinical repository. And you have the B2B level, of course. So you have regional uh, structures or regional telemedicine networks from hospital to hospital or from inpatient to outpatient or even to the um, yeah to the so-called Rettungsdienst to the um, what is the English name emergency um, yeah to emergency, the emergency services yeah rescue district yes yeah so there's a lot of uh, topics on that but I'm very surprised if the the hospitals use the three billion euro or not. Yeah, I think that's that's probably one of the core questions. I fully agree with you. I think especially as they haven't had really a lot of time as well to prepare for the different kind of, uh, let's say, um, reports and requests. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, taking now everything into account, I think the outpatient, inpatient, the different kind of potential incentives or maybe the future, I think the young doctors, et cetera, I think what you have all said, um, where will the German healthcare system be in 10 years' time with respect to digitalization when you think about the year 2031? Yes, thank you very much, Stefan. It's a very, very nice uh, question. I think we are at the bottom of a big mountain and we look, look on the mountain and see a lot of opportunities in the next 10 years. Uh, we see robotics, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, blockchain, 5G, 6G, 
um, and so on and so on. And there's a lot of exponential technologies out there, a lot of startups with good ideas and the, the health insurance companies who want also transformate into management companies, the hospitals, the doctors, a lot of people. And after Corona, a lot of people are very positive um, concerning the digitalization of the healthcare system. But there's a lot of thing to do. And my, in my opinion, we must go in a very quick way because there's there are also other players in, in the US or in China. So they don't sleep and we must be very keen, very hungry and uh, must be very fast. So we don't, don't lose the global the global race concerning a global healthcare, because today when we talk about digitalization, everything is connected and everyone wants to be the Amazon of the healthcare system of tomorrow. And we have good initiatives and a lot of good companies inside uh, Germany, but maybe we must also see on the European, which, um, yeah, which networks we can use so we can get really um, a good opposite concerning US and China. Yeah, I think that was a good kind of summary word. I think looking forward to the future. Thank you again, David, for your words, for your thoughts, and I think also for your opinions. Looking forward to the future and also to further discussions with you. Thank you, David. Thank you, Stefan. So interesting insights from both stakeholders of the German healthcare systems with respect to digital health and digital healthcare, and also with a special focus on the so-called DIGA pathway. What needs to be done, I think it's quite clear, besides obviously kind of, I would say, minor comments from and on the kind of DIGA pathway. Yes, there are always, let's say, kind of opportunities in order to further strengthen such pathways. But at the end of the day, I think there are still two core components to be done, right? One is really waiting how the price negotiations would really work. I think we have seen and heard also in the press and the media that especially the health insurance funds think that the DIGAs are by far too expensive. My opinion, let's say, is a bit different, but let's just see how this would really work out in the next six to 12 months. And also I think um, where it's also quite clear what both also stakeholders just said, I think the DIGAs or let's say the digital health applications in general have not yet really reached the market itself. So there's still a, a kind of pathway to go in order to reach patients and also even probably more important to reach physicians as obviously physicians need to prescribe it if they don't prescribe it. And let's say kind of quotes promote the digital health applications, it might be very difficult as well that those digital health applications get really into the standard of care process for those patients. I think an unresolved issue is still what will happen not only with the DIGAS, but generally with respect to digital health care in hospitals. There is now the Hospital Future Act, which was also being implemented in early 2021. One needs to see how this would really be and basically make as well an effect on the market in hospitals in order to really bring hospitals into the new era of digital health care. Still a long way to go, and I'm sure we'll have other episodes on digital health care in Germany, in the outpatient, but also in the inpatient setting. So let's just stay tuned. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. 
Map is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.